0: So, yeah, so she's got an oddly specific costume. Uh, and she's getting like, you know, she's, she's a much older kid. And so it's not like she's dressed up like, a, like I'm a sailboat or whatever, like kids, you know, whatever little kids dressed up as. Always sailboats. It's just kind of like, just kind of like, uh, the, the clothes make sense. And I put on some makeup, give me some candy, right? Mm mm-hmm. um, Medium effort, not low, definitely not. But uh, runs up to a house in this neighborhood and they go, wait, 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 wait a minute. Like, give them like the hard sell, you know, because it's teenagers r- pushing children out of the way. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Like chickens and baby chicks Like you know No I'll get to the food first And they go No 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 And before they're in trouble The guy The the, the family just goes Big kids get big candy bars And pulls out a bucket (laughs) Full of as many big ones As they could want to grab And this is my new rule From now on This is my new This is my new Halloween rule Big kids get big candy bars Wow. Wow. It gives me hope. I mean, this is the only happy news that, I mean, by the time this came out, some real shit happened. Can you believe those nitwits in the government? Everything's bad. This is the bright spot. (laughs) That's actually an interesting one, Corey, because I saw someone uh, defending
1: the either like kids from other neighborhoods coming and it's like, shut the fuck, just give them candy, man. Don't whine about that. And about uh, older kids that are maybe not dressed up so much or something and it's like grousing about that. And they were saying like, hey, come on. They're out having fun and doing like this. It's a nice thing. What do you want them to do instead, you know? like Right. So rewarding them for that by giving them bigger bars, That, that that's a good one. It's either yeah.
2: trick-or-treat or, or turning tricks. That's the only, the only yeah. other option. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're
1: out
0: selling ass behind the Seven Eleven. Mm-hmm. Yep. They were Mickey Mouse just <laughs> a year ago. It's like, it's the street or wearing the sheet. And she's like, I'll do it. Fine. I'll go out and get candy. Now, we mostly had... In my memory, we mostly had pretty recognizable
1: costumes as kids, like, I'm an angel, I'm a devil. Um, those were the only two those costumes. Those were only two. But uh, right. we had pretty recognizable ones. But I do remember that if there would be something like a G.I. Joe or something, and some adult would be like, well, what are you supposed to be? And it's like, what? What? <laughs> you don't know who I am? Um, this year, one of my daughter's friends and another friend, two of my daughter's friends, went as Two different avatars of a Minecraft Twitch streamer. Apparently, it was very good, but I don't know what the fuck. Like, I I, I think I, I can follow means. to what that means. <laughs> right? Nope. But uh, I'm at now every oh, oh, are you a cookie monster? You know, and then and then there's those two, and it's like, are you a prince? Yeah, I'm just a am a prince, lady. I'm a prince.
0: This outfit choice is the green as the green space in the roulette wheel, because it's like, nope, you didn't win. Sorry, you didn't oh, win. Oh, no, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't. But then someone will be like, excuse me, are you a Tom Baker aerodolic that was rejected <laughs> by the host? And then, yes, of course. Like, yeah.
3: Two candy bars for you. Keep I'm all green. for doing yeah. that. Big win. I'm, Big
2: yeah, win.
1: I'm for doing that. Do you think that is the equivalent of the G.I. Joe at this point? I gotta think, like, there's no way it's anywhere close to it. Right? But, like, when I was a kid, I also thought, like, like, okay, so it would be different, like, do those girls think that people should recognize them or not? Right, right, right. If it's like, I'm Duke, not G.I. Joe, you dumb asshole. (laughs) <laughs> right. I mean, it says but Duke on my shirt and has a picture of me running, and, with the pl- and I kind of look like the plastic mask I'm wearing.
0: <laughs> but but Duke, Duke's—it says Duke on the top of it yeah. in the plastic smock, and mm. then he's, his voice bubble says, "It's Duke, you asshole." <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Know what you're all thinking? Is Ben farming? Because it looks like he's bailing. Mm-mm. Hide your weed. I see a cop out ahead. Is Ben explosive diarrhea in a hot portage John with a crowd of people waiting? Because he's in a hurry to take the easy <laughs> way out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and, and yes, no, <laughs> oh. <laughs> maybe. No way and We're, yes once. We, <laughs> <laughs> no, we are answering all the emails we get. Please, please do another re- episode to talk about professional wrestling where you ask questions, all the questions that low Captain Travis and the, all the listeners are thinking about. Ask Grant and let him smarten us up mm-hmm. uh, and teach us That's, about mm-hmm. teach us about the ways of the ring. So we are going to ask him anything from hookers to heaters, high spots to hot tags, and all the how they do dads. But all how about does. professional <laughs> wrestling. Yes. So, Grant, are you prepared? No. Are you ready? Oh, yes. I am prepared. By which I mean, pretty much. I've you don't know what we're for ask years you,
2: now watching an unnecessary amount of wrestling and listening to an unnecessary <laughs> amount of wrestling podcasts. So, yes.
1: Hey, if you uh missed the first one or uh uh you know you're a new listener or uh you listen to that one, but it goes in one ear and out the other like most things with most people. Um, hey, professional wrestling might seem uh, uh goofy. It is. Um stupid lowbrow stuff. I don't know, it is. Um but it's pretty cool too. Um there's a lot going on, it's fun, it's more popular now than it's been um I don't know, in a long time. Um, And maybe it's something that you want to give a shot. Uh, I think Grant will shine a light on some very interesting things in this strange pageantry of... uh, It's kind of a mix between... uh, If theater kids were all on steroids and uh, um, also sometimes lit each other on fire. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Ben, it's, it's, it's a healthy mix of the theater kids who also played football... And psychopaths. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't doubt if there's some
3: theater kids who have lit each other on fire. That's a good point. (laughs) They have become professional wrestlers. (laughs) (laughs) They started taking steroids Mm -hmm. and are now professional wrestlers. Then to that point, that reminds me of, I used to go to this uh, show that John Hodgman would put on once a month um, called Secret Society. I can't tell you too many more details outside (laughs) of that because none of you are members. But um, he had a guest, Open Mike Eagle, and he performed ah. some rap. And then um, they do, like, an interview. And somehow it came up, like, Open Mike Eagle said something about, like, I think John was kind of like, what else are you into outside of rap? And he's like, professional wrestling. And John laughed, and I think a lot of the crowd laughed. And it was like, no, I'm serious. And John had to do, like, the quick, oh, 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 like, well, just, let's talk about that. And honestly, I was the same way. This was probably sixth 8 years ago and it was like yeah that's for that's like dumb kid stuff right and then it's like oh you can actually like appreciate it for in a different way like you can get over the i i you know i went through it as a kid and then it was like oh it's fake well this is stupid anyone who watches is stupid and then it's like i've now been enlightened to be like yeah you can actually appreciate this for the entertainment that it is and all of the crazy things that are happening to put on this entertainment
0: well like you said uh the reason it's or maybe Ben said or you you said better like the reason it's worth uh, it's having a, another another chat about it is it's a it's an interesting weird art form you know uh, at the very least is, that's what it is so yeah. uh, I've definitely watched a lot more since uh, I was forced to do an episode about it and I've been nothing but entertained. You know when we were kids I it, well definitely when we were kids
1: um, it still wasn't as widely known that you know it's fake or like acknowledging it for what it is. Um, Or it wasn't open with the companies, I would say. And now, like, wrestlers talk about it uh, openly. And I think maybe that's a a way that more people can appreciate it then and go, well, come on, it's scripted. And, like, well, you like soap operas, but this is a more fun kind of a thing. And it's less about, like, uh, you know, Julio has had six comas, but he's still cheating on his wife uh, with the, (laughs) I don't know, I was going to say rocket salesman, but I'm a fucking moron. It's reason I don't write any of this stuff. It's a, it's a soap opera, Ben. It was a Baroness. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, without further Again. ado, let's ask Grant some shit about wrestling. Um, light stuff first, Grant. What's, like, a favorite costume? Uh, I mean, it can be, a, you know, the, the costume can be the gimmick itself. Um, but uh, what's some cool shit that you go, yeah, that was a good look? Good or hilarious? Both.
2: <laughs> Both. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're big, what's better than single strap? I mean, my God. Oh, hell yeah. Cool. yeah. So it's singlet but one strap? I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, that strap's doing a lot of work. Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Is that like a uh, Big John stud? Had that, like, An Andre the like Giant? That? I mean,
2: uh, say Andre Giant? Oh, I'm sure. Andre Giant, yeah. Yes. Uh, Yes, a, a the G, as we call him here in the, the podcast. <laughs> it is. You have
1: to be big to do that. Like, if I did that, think of how fucking dumb I'd look, you know? Uh, little me with my old pot belly, like, with the single yeah. strap singlet on. <clears throat> Even a medium-sized person, you go, I don't think so. King Kong Bundy, <laughs> uh, Andre the Giant. King uh, Kong Bundy had the double, but. He had the double, but he could have pulled off. But it. he could have pulled it off, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Andre the Giant with the classic one, it's like, that's pretty badass. All right. So what do you mean by, um,
3: sometimes the outfit is the gimmick? Like what's an example of that? Like, is it just somebody's whole thing is, is, is whatever costume? If you were like in?
1: Marvin the trash can and you just had a, and you were just a big <laughs> trash can that came out, I don't know. That's okay. Grant might have a real example of someone whose whole gimmick is their costume. I mean, there
3: was that, uh, this is WCW, which actually that could be another question, but, uh. There was some disco, um, disco inferno Inferno or something, and he just wore like disco outfits and did disco Mm -hmm. dances, and that was pretty stupid. But it was yes, you know, you wouldn't have known if he just had a singlet on and he was out there doing the hustle. He'd be like, "What the fuck's up with this guy?" But (laughs) oh, he's wearing disco
2: clothes. No bottoms. Okay,
0: okay. You'd probably get half his name right without knowing him. Then you'd be like, "Is this disco motherfucker?" (laughs) Now the disco motherfucker (laughs) retired. (laughs) Yeah, disco motherfucker (laughs) is my father. I am disco
2: inferno. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Um... So anyway, I'll great keep going with costumes. So.
2: Well, I mean, you mentioned WCW and there's yeah. a less of a let's say it's, it's it was less of a well-run company than the WWF, which was a much more uh, well-oiled machine and they had actual people whose job it was to come up with the costumes, although not to say that they were always good, but uh like they had people whose job that was in WCW There was an early one where, uh, in the early 90s, uh, a a character who completely uh, flopped because of his debut, the Shockmaster. uh, (laughs) His costume was a Stormtrooper helmet that they spray-painted purple and put glitter on. And it wasn't, I'm not saying it looked like that. I'm saying it was exactly that. Uh, <laughs> Had like
0: a Disney store receipt on it. So.
2: Yes. Like, <laughs> it was an actual Stormtrooper helmet, and they spray painted it purple. It made it glittery. Uh, and he was called the Shockmaster. And he infamously debuted. You can just Google Shockmaster debut. You'll find a YouTube, find a GIF. The wrestler, Sting, is introducing him. He's like, well, you got someone who's going to shock you because he's the shock master. And then he cu- he bursts through a wall like the Kool-Aid man in yeah. theory. In reality, <laughs> he trips over a uh, wire that's backstage and he falls through tumbling like a somersault. And the wrestlers all yeah. lose their shit laughing at him on camera. This is live. And you can hear uh, Davy Boy Smith, a.k.a. British Bulldog in yeah. the background say, like,
0: he fell straight
2: on
3: his arse. <laughs>
2: I'm
0: watching the gif now and the helmet falls off <laughs> so Grant knowing the business better than I do do you then just like barrel roll to the loser's bracket and walk off and are never seen again well, you just pull a Moe and walk completely they, across they the they did datings? try
2: to sort of pull a Moe they tried to turn him into kind of like a klutz character after that <laughs> uh, but that didn't work at all and then and then he went off to the rejects to be with Moe and the sea captain <laughs>
0: Well, while we're, I tell you wow. what. While we're talking about costumes, my question that was about costumes was, who had the most encumbering costume? Who had the who had, who had the, the the least uh, feasible uh, oh, dress okay. up? Okay,
2: So, well, there's lots of bad costumes. There are poorly thought out costumes. Um, <laughs> Bruce Prichard, uh, a backstage guy for the WWF for a long time and currently now even. Um, he he'll defend a lot of uh, ideas that weren't that great. He'll be like, "Well, here's what we were thinking, and this, here's the the best light to put it in." But there's some that he'll be like, "Yeah, that was terrible. That was my idea, and it was terrible." One of them being Mantar, who was <laughs> a, like a half a, man, a, half a, guitar. Yes, <laughs> half man, half guitar. He was like he had like a bull helmet, there, like a big like bull head that he wore or something. Yeah,
0: A man tar with the legs of a man And the upper body of a man <laughs>
2: so, The way he defends it Jokingly is like The man had hooves His
3: feet look like hooves
2: That's it. <laughs> But uh <laughs> This helmet that he's wearing has big, you know, bullhorns on it, but try ducking through the ring ropes with that on. (laughs) They (laughs)
1: did not not
2: think that through until the first time he's doing that on live television.
0: Yeah, I was thinking Sombrero, but bullhorns is way up there of can't get through a net.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, wow.
0: Famously stopped by rope, horns. Yes.
2: (laughs) 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 Most encumbering costume, though, infamously has to be the gobbledygooker. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So this is Survivor Series 91, 92, I think, maybe 91. Um, It's whatever Survivor Series The Undertaker debuted at. Because this is a separate story. This (sighs) this is a thing that uh, beloved uh, sometimes listener E. Charles R., I remember telling him, uh, him telling me about it when we were kids, about the gobbledygooker. And we've only just now learned this Undertaker bit because he just recently retired and he has always been very straight and never told any kind of backstage stuff and always pretty much stayed in character outside of, like, you and that's sort of how he became so good and how he, because, you know, you could take his character so seriously even though he was so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Leading up to Survivor Series 92, whatever year it was, uh, they would have this gigantic egg next to the ring, and they would just be like, what's <laughs> inside the ring? I don't, you know, Vince McMahon on commenters. Who, know, who knows uh, what's inside that egg? Oh, might find out on Survivor Series, which is always around Thanksgiving, and at this time, it might have even been, it started out as a Thursday pay-per-view, like on Thanksgiving night. Uh and it might still have even been on Thursday Thanksgiving Day at this point, but uh, so it's you know turkey themed and whatever. So it's an egg, it's a big big turkey. What what could be in there? And you get to Survivor Series, and at the end the egg hatches. Oh my! And it's a guy in a turkey suit. And Mean Gene is awkwardly interviewing him, and he has to somehow <laughs> interview a thing that can't talk. It can't talk back to him, and also. <laughs> <laughs> Have it tell him his name somehow, and he does the best
0: job you can, which is to say, terrible. It's not mean, yeah. He's <laughs> in an impossible situation, yeah. but he's yeah, like yeah. he's a professional. Whispered in my ear, the gobbledy what? The turkey. <laughs> it,
2: it makes like kind of gobbling noises sometimes, like just gobble gobble. So what's this? What's this gobbledy? The, this gobbledy gook you're telling me? That that you're. You're the, you must be the gobbledygooker. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And then they're like dancing around and like, oh, hey. And it was supposed to be the WWF's like new mascot, basically. And he's supposed to like come out and get the crowd pumped up. Because it was one of the Guerreros, not Eddie or Chavo, but a different, one of Eddie's brothers. Uh, And he could do like moonsaults and crazy flips and stuff. Um, And so.
3: It's not Mondo
2: either. It's Mm-mm. uh the other how
3: many, how many Guerreros can we name? Well, there's there a lot of Guerrero's. Guerrero? It's a, yeah. After Eddie, I'm
0: shocked there's any more. Yeah,
2: there's a bunch of them. There there's, <laughs> yeah. there's also Chavo Sr. but um uh anyway, this guy he's supposed to like do like crazy acrobatic stuff and get like this the Phoenix Suns gorilla or whatever. But they never thought, can you do that in a giant turkey costume? Oh and as it turns God. out, right. no,
1: you cannot do all yeah. the stuff that
2: he's supposed to do. And so yeah. then it never turned into anything and just
1: died. It's Phoenix Gorilla, even though you don't even have to call him anything. But Gooker is the dumbest name yeah. on earth. It's also
2: terrible. Oh, uh, God. But the Undertaker bit of this is that at this point, he made his debut at that Survivor series. Mm-hmm. And he had been called up like right after they started uh, showing those uh, egg uh, promos. Okay. And he's like, well, I." he had his own reasons for wanting to leave WCW. And he's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to WWF, but these motherfuckers are going to make me the egg man or something. Like he thought it was going to be him that was coming out of the egg. And he's like, this is going to be the stupidest shit that they're going to ask me to do. God <laughs> damn. What, what was he in WCW or who was he? What was he his was name? mean Mark Callis. He was just uh, a big, big guy. His name is okay. Mark Calloway, so Mean Mark Callis. Uh, uh, okay, whatever. Yeah.
1: By the way, if uh, I don't have any good stories for it, uh, but Lil' Captain Travis, if you need something to do some night, check out some Mean Gene uh, interviews. Like, go down a Mean Gene rabbit hole on YouTube. There, are, I've seen some awesome ones where he's shooting a bunch of promos and, like, he's got Undertaker, and then it's like, now the camera's on, now it's not. And the stuff that he kind of says under his breath, or the, like, not under his breath, but just the, like, not while they're rolling. Mm. He's amazing. A, a yeah.
2: fucking
0: professional. He is the man.
2: Mean Gene rules.
0: Yeah. That's how I fight my street fights, by Mean Gene rules. Uh, Your street fights
3: are professional on camera and off, Corey? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, fake and laughable. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Um, Grant, you, as you were telling that story, whoever was the original narrator of the one, uh, you said he's a backstage guy. Like, what are what is what are backstage people doing? Or what do you mean by that?
2: Well, he was uh, like writing stories and just writing the show. Uh, and back then, it was him and Pat Patterson and Vince McMahon at Vince's house, sitting around the pool, writing the show, and. Uh, Nowadays they have a whole like team of writers and there's that's a whole a other controversy but it, they were the writers yeah yeah okay and he would also do like if they're, they're shooting a vignette of the Undertaker in a graveyard and Paul ha- or Paul uh, bearer uh, bearer is uh you know talking about how he's gonna send you to to hell or whatever Bruce mm-hmm. is probably uh, shooting those uh, and. Sometimes it was a set. Sometimes it was a real graveyard, and he had he has many stories about uh, shooting stuff in graveyards.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so, how does a guy like Paul Bear? So, I I'm interested in managers in general, but a lot of them are like former wrestlers and that kind of thing. So, I guess that kind of makes sense. And the, they start off as like, oh, this is their trainer or whatever. But then, when you have a shtick guy, well, there's probably a word for it. Uh, when you have a Paul Bear yeah. manager. I guess he's there to add atmosphere, but like, how do those, where, do, how do they get that sort of person and where do they, I like, asked who, what
1: he was doing in WCW because, because that, Matt, like, it's not like mean Mark Callis had Paul Bearer. That would have been really fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know what would make better? It'd make better sense if I was the Undertaker.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think actually Road Warrior Hawk came up with the name Paul Bearer, but uh, yeah. someone like that is just like a wrestling fan and wants to get into business and you're, they're not going to be uh. a wrestler, but there's other. Things they can do, and well, can you talk? Yeah, okay. Well, let's uh, let's try out. And so he was a manager long before uh, he he was Paul Bear. Uh, he was just an, a, a you know a different character. He wasn't like a yeah. pale face uh, dead man because there wasn't a dead man for him to be with, you know. Right.
0: Okay. So this is a this is an excellent time to segue because I, I mean, the majority of my questions are based on Paul Bear. Um, <laughs> Paul Bear is the manager of The Undertaker. Um, aside from Rodeo Clown, what is the primary job of the manager of a wrestler?
2: Do you mean in reality or in kayfabe?
0: Like yes. Within the
2: logic of the, of within the show? Within the logic
0: of the game. I've played video games before, and they're like, you know, your boss says you're late for whatever. I'm like, okay, I understand it's not a real human being, but I get the concept. I assume that's what's going on in the kayfabe of it. But in the real world, it's like, you guys are a duo act. You do the punching uh, and falling, and you do the talking.
2: Yes. That is, there That's it the is. standard archetype is, we got a big guy. He can wrestle, and he looks good. Uh, put a mic in front of him, and he is awful. So we'll get another guy to do his talking for him.
0: <laughs> but we got a little guy mm. who cry if we we'll drop him. So- <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Like the classic case of Mr. Fuji. <laughs> yes, not all do not hate it all. <laughs> Follow that uh, that Quite same a talker, Mr. Fuji. That's, yeah, that's the uh,
2: standard. And yeah, that's but, yeah, standard. Sure, Jimmy Hart. Um, uh, yeah, Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South. Yeah, uh, the mouth of the South. Uh, there's a wrestling writer slash podcaster who I've heard say many times that one of, within the the kayfabe world, like the, just the logic of watching the show, one of the reasons to have managers is so that you have an answer to the question does road warrior hawk have a checking account it's like well no he they have the manager to take care because these characters are way too over the top to exist in the very mundane real world and so you need to have like a manager who sort of connects them to that does
1: he do laundry with the spikes on exactly exactly (laughs) no uh paul ellering does that road warrior hawk does not go to the laundromat yeah that's funny So there's old times, Grant, um, predating the WWF and predating most of our knowledge. I have a question about the old times um, where there's this concept of territories because it was um, different promotions would not do uh, they wouldn't be nationwide. They would have a certain section of the country and they would have their own wrestlers and so on. Mm -hmm. I want to know what you think or your opinion of the best territory or the greatest territory or a good territory and tell me a story. Of why? Why it was a good one? So I don't. I don't know about
2: best. Uh, there's the territories all had their own different uh, styles of wrestling, and certain territories were mo- like very serious and straight, and very bloody and violent. Some were very cartoony and over the top. Memphis being the most uh, infamous of being cartoony and over the top, and just doing that. That was where Andy Kaufman wrestled. Was the, mm-hmm. the Memphis mm-hmm. territory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm um Jerry the King with Jerry the King Lawler uh and they yeah there's many Memphis wrestling stories but uh if I if I have to highlight one I'll highlight uh WCCW World Class Championship Wrestling it rolls off the tongue which was the Dallas territory um le- headlined by the Von Erich family uh, um and that's also of. where like the Freebirds were the fabulous freebirds wrestled and z- lots of lots of uh Stuff happened in WCCW, but the reason I'll I'll point them out is because I was just, I heard a podcast uh, with mm-hmm. a famous referee from uh, world class uh, who was just telling old, uh, it was like a Q&A kind of thing. And again, like you said, these territories are not nationwide. In mm-hmm. this case, it's not even statewide because there's a Houston territory too. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: and yet... Weirdly, and I don't know how this is happening, but somehow they were huge in Israel
0: <laughs> what, was like,
2: what? Okay. but was, they did a tour of Israel, and he's like he was talking about how they were they were expecting a few hundred people at the airport, but it was like thousands and he's like so we were it's a flight from like Dallas to New York and then New York to London and then like London to Paris again and then Paris to (laughs) Jerusalem or to Tel Aviv and uh, he's like it's so many flights and then so many layovers and these are wrestlers in the 80s and so they're all just like drinking on the flight as many as as they'll (laughs) give them and then you go to the bar and then drink and then you drink on the next flight and oh, And so by the time they get to Tel Aviv after like 18 hours of constant drinking, (laughs) they're very drunk. And one of, I don't know if it was a wrestler, but someone who was with them was just like completely like falling down drunk. And they get off the plane and there's this giant throng of Israelis uh, greeting them. And (laughs) this super drunk guy is like...
1: These son of a bitches killed Jesus. No, he's he's just <laughs> joking. He's, he he's, he's yes. a, No, 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 no. These son of a bitches <laughs>
2: killed Jesus. Uh- yes. <laughs> and they have to just like rush him. <laughs> uh
1: great story. But this guy's
2: uh stories about Israel and it's all s- It's like, what do you mean you were big in Israel? That makes no fucking sense. And it's almost as if it were scripted because as he's telling this story, the next guy who asks a question is clearly like Middle Eastern. And he's like, he's, you know, middle age too. And so he's like, I grew up in the 80s in Israel. You have, you guys were so big. We didn't get the WWF. We didn't care about Hulk Hogan. The fucking Von Eriks. That was everything. You, a fucking Israeli, just happens to show up to
0: corroborate this. Like, wait a minute, Israel? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> you know what I love is that they could also get away with saying that they were bigger than Jesus. Uh, <laughs> they, they were bigger than Jesus, Jesus in Israel. That's for multiple sure. Multiple Jesus angle. Luckily, they didn't get killed. <laughs> so, okay, this is one of my few um, uh, non-Paul Bear questions. Uh, so while we're while we're in while we're in Tel Aviv wrestling. I am shocked every time I learn another country does this too. I'm like, really? Mexico? Huh? That's so weird. What? Japan? Oh, yeah. Really? How is it? Mm-hmm. What's the weirdest country's version of pro wrestling? Oh. Like, and you're like, oh, the Tibetans get a goat involved and it's really crazy. Uh,
2: so the main countries, you got your US, your yeah. Mexico, your Canada, your Japan, your UK.
0: US, main country. Heard it here first. Mm-hmm. I would say those
2: are the, the five main ones. but um, The big five. The big five. It's in Europe, too. Uh, it's not as big, but the does, WWE does tours of Europe all the time. Um, and they have their own little, like, promotions and stuff over there. Not nearly as big. The big ones are the U.S. Like, the big global promotions is really just WWE. But then there's also some, like, slightly lesser ones in Japan and Mexico. Mm-hmm. And yeah. But wrestling has begun to make its way into Africa. Oh. And I have seen things about wrestling in certain places of, in Africa where they're like using magic in the ring. Oh, and yes. the people fucking mm. believe it too. And that's <laughs> oh, the thing. It's, oh, it's so like heels, and, bad guys in Africa, <laughs> they are bad. They are real life super villains. Um, <laughs> wow. I don't remember. I've heard some stories from a wrestler who was like. He was going to Nigeria uh, to do some uh, some shows and stuff, and like there was some general or something who was kind of in charge of it all. But he also like he changed like the finishes of the matches. Like, no, the Nigerians have to beat the Americans every match. Like, well, that's not really how. They no, they have to they have to win, and it has to go this way. And there's crazy, crazy stories about like. How they were like held up at the airport and like forced. To, I, I don't even remember all this stuff, but yeah, I would say Africa is the craziest place that wrestling is happening right now. All right, I like that because it's it's like brand new. Uh, it's the idea of like, well, we're gonna we're gonna act like we're pretending it's real, but we're not pretending it's real. That's that's a level of like meta thinking that it took us a hundred years to like really really get through, <laughs> and they're only just starting it. So they're it's diving like, right in. Yeah, it's is this fake or is this real? Well, it seems real, and they're acting like it's real, and it's a live show, and
0: yeah. (laughs) Uh, So basically, you're saying, like, we got to the point where it was like, is it fake, is it real? Is it okay if it's real, if it's fake? And then, like, who do we kill? (laughs) Well, I mean, there's any number. Every
2: wrestler who's wrestled in the 80s or before has stories about either being stabbed or being next to someone who was stabbed. (laughs) Uh, Almost all of them were stabbed themselves. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we talked a little last time about, like, uh, crazy territory, like, bar fights and stuff yeah. like that. And Haku biting someone's nose off. Um, but that, even that's even just,
2: I'm talking about even at a show in the ring, they're they're wrestling right outside the ring and a fan reaches over and stabs them.
0: Yeah. Like, that kinda, like
2: at, <laughs> at the show, they get stabbed.
0: Yeah. Think of a form of entertainment where you're like, I'm bringing a weapon in case I want to kill the entertainer. <laughs> exactly. They'll love me. They think they're going to, like, a... a Pit fight
1: or something, and <laughs> <laughs> it's like we are making this up. Like well, they it, think Arn Anderson is really evil. Yeah, so so you watch Macbeth, and then there's like. He murdered him! And then you run on stage <laughs> and <you're> trying <laughs> try the guy. to get the sword out of his hand and stab. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Banco is a ghost.
3: Holy shit, there's a ghost on the again. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it really is not all that different. Than, yeah, that, that yeah, would be the equivalent. Right? That's exactly the right
2: analogy. It's just there's this weird other level where when you go to watch Macbeth, the actors aren't in any way pretending it's real, even though that's what being an actor is. There's, the, there's some sort of understanding that everyone gets, this is not real. But with wrestling, they, there's that really thin abstraction between <laughs> mm-hmm. it where it's like, well, many people can see through it, but not everyone can instantly see through it. And it's like, well, well sure, is this? Yeah.
1: And the play is like, these people are going to act out a story. Come mm-hmm. and watch And the other one is like, these guys hate each other and they're gonna fight. And there was no, you know, that's how it started, and started real in some cases. And right,
0: true. Speaking speaking of people taking it too real and driving it back around to Paul Bear. So like he he's clearly, I mean he's he's doing a ghost voice and he's trying to scare me. I see through Mm -hmm. it, but I see you know he's trying to spook me.
2: And he's succeeding.
0: Right. Let's say I'm a let's say I'm a wrestling fan and I'm like honestly it's working for me and I'm into him. Were there like Paul Bearer fans? was it like you want to be just 100% booed or do you want to be like slipped a note at the bar afterwards that's like here's my here's my hotel key. Well, uh, the bad guys who were playing bad guys
2: who uh, were really into it, they want to be booed, they want to be hated in ring and out of the ring. And the Undertaker was a bad guy at first. Eventually, he's just so fucking cool that the <laughs> fans started cheering for him, and then he became a good guy for you know a while. But he started as a bad guy, and so certainly at that point, both uh, the Undertaker and Paul Bear want everyone to hate them.
1: So uh, last wrestling episode, uh, Corey brought close just in the closing. Corey was like, "Next time, we gotta talk about it." We got to talk mm. about what mankind and the and the tooth and okay, all this stuff.
0: Locked and loaded. Here it is. This uh, this is. The, I'll give you the intro. Grant will correct me and tell me all the parts that are wrong, and then fill it in. Mankind, uh, which I believe is a man wearing a t- he, he's just just out of a business meeting, but also a murderer mask. Well, um, he, he. I said initially. Correct me when I'm done.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let the man finish. Right. <laughs> the
0: man get it wrong. Yeah. Let the man get it wrong. Anyways. Mankind, one of the crazier human beings alive and one True. of the craziest people in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, a, that's a double title that he holds. He's a double threat. He's also a threat. Um, <laughs> uh, mankind is wrestling in a cage match in which there's a cage. It's like a cage around the thing. And at one point during the insanity in which these human beings are just pulping each other to blood... Uh, I believe he falls through the roof of the cage unexpectedly, mm-hmm. which results in a tooth spit out later that was like, huh, didn't notice that there. Grant, take it over. What happened? What the fuck did I just see?
2: So Mankind, first of all, he deb- when he debuted, he wore like these weird tattered brown rags. Mm-hmm. He was wearing the tattered button-down shirt with a very tattered tie because he was like, he was trying to impress Vince McMahon. And <laughs> this, when he wanted to like kind of go, it was... Mick Foley is a genuinely funny human being, and he tours uh, a stand-up currently, um, actually, but uh, (laughs) that's why he's wearing the tie and also his weird leather mask covering his face. Uh, But this was a relatively new type of match called Hell in a Cell. Mm. So there's the classic cage match is just like four walls of the cage around the ring, and the southern style is... The whole point of the cage match is nobody in, nobody out. Where There's not going to be any interference. You can't escape. You have to fight. Uh, And you would have built up to that by having the heel run away or have interference or, you know, the manager hands him something and Mm -hmm. whatever happens. And so, okay, cage. We're settling it. The northern style of cage match is just like, oh, my God, it's so dangerous. And you can win either by pinfall or by escaping the cage. That, that was not a thing in this other one. Like there's burrowing
0: dirt. out? Like breaking a hole well, and running a away? a door to it. Or you can climb
2: over the wall. Climb um, out. The, the whole point of Hell in a Cell is that we put a roof over the cage. There is no escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, in the very first Hell in a Cell match, they get out of the cage. <laughs> I'm not making that up. <laughs> um, and Shawn Michaels climbs up to the side of the cage. And he's just hanging on the side. And he... Ends up jumping off and like doing an elbow like through a table or something. And it was a, for the time, it was a massive, huge, huge high spot. And that match overall is just like legendary. It's a great, great match. A high spot. High spot, yes. A a big, uh, crazy stunt.
1: Like an off the top ropes kind of a thing.
2: Yes. Um, Yes. Usually involves someone flying or flipping or whatever. And the second ever Hell in a Cell match a year later was Undertaker versus Mankind. And as they are uh, like putting the match together, McFoley as mankind is thinking, like, well, how the hell are we gonna top the match they had last time? This is, there's no way I can do it. Uh, And he thought, he's thinking, like, well, the only way that I can possibly do it is to like go off the cage, like off the top of the cage. And they're they're suggesting, him and Terry Funk are talking about this, and they suggest it at first jokingly, but then it's like, huh? I bet I can do it, though. I think I can. Uh, and he, someone as crazy as Mick Foley is pretty
0: sure he can do something. It's probably something you can't do. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the the mentality of someone who's like, I can jump this canyon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: and, like,
0: their focus is just like, well, how many rockets do we strap to my back before we hit go? Like, I love that. This, this is the true American spirit.
2: His whole mentality as a wrestler was like, (laughs) I'm really not an athlete. I don't have like a bodybuilder body or anything. All I can offer is my body. And so he's always done crazy dangerous stuff. In Japan, he did like all these crazy like barbed wire rope matches where the ropes are made of barbed wire uh, as you do. And several, you know, lots of crazy crap like that. But he plans I'm going to get thrown
0: off the cage. Oh, my God. It, it, it's just it's just insane that like you, you're talking about a man who's like I got nothing to offer the world of entertainment except getting hit. Mm-hmm. This is like like this is like when someone builds a bomb. I'm like, so what do we blow up? And he's like, we, I got a body. Like, me, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it, it comes from a very pure place of let me help out. You could punch me. That'd be entertaining.
1: <laughs> Leaving it all on the table.
2: Uh, so before the match even starts, uh, as they're coming to the ring. Mankind climbs up to the top of the cell. Uh, the crowd's going crazy. The Undertaker then comes out, follows him up to the top. They punch back and forth for a while. And it should be known that almost no one knew that this was going to happen. This, like the announcers did not know, which was oh, a bad shit. idea. They yeah. should have known. Because <laughs> what happens is that mankind gets thrown off the top of the cell through the announce table. And it's really lucky that the announcers got up and got out of the way in the like, half a second it took, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, and also point. when you see him land, it's like, wow, he his head goes like right under that bicycle rail. It's like he, if he's, he so easily could have died. He so easily could have died on that. And instead he just got really hurt. Uh, <laughs> wow. yeah.
0: What I love is the mentality of like, wouldn't it, it's a beautiful kind of like youthful, childish wonderment of like, wouldn't it be cool if you threw me off? I'll figure it out on the way down. He <laughs> thinks on the way down is I <laughs> yeah. just, okay. Now, now I should figure out how to land on a table from this height.
2: Yeah, this is not a thing you can practice, and it's certainly not a thing they did practice. <laughs> this is a once <laughs> ever. I'll. I've never done anything like this, and I hope I do it right. So injury Jesus.
1: was. Yes. So he.
3: I was just going to say to to set that up. How do you? In the match, when someone gets injured, well, he wasn't it like sounds legi- like he got hurt. He,
2: I mean, he was hurt, and because he was, you know, he was feeling pain. He was not injured to the point where he couldn't continue. In reality, okay, uh, Jesus. But he was, you know, in terrible pain because <laughs> he can't not be. So, in within the logic of the match, he is horribly hurt. The match like stops dead. They they kind of have to mm-hmm. lift up the cage so they can bring out a gurney for him. They strap him to the gurney. They wheel him back, and then he does the thing where he, like, fights out of the gurney, comes back after, you know, after the they're trying to wheel him out, and he's like, no, I got to keep fighting.
0: Again, I love it. He's on the death's door, and he's like, this is going to be awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the Undertaker has already climbed down from the cage, I believe. Uh, no, he actually might have been standing up there when they were <laughs> lifting it up. Um, but either way, Mankind goes back up to the top of the cage. And so then they start fighting Jesus again. Christ. And there's a chair up there. Um, that uh, Mankind is <laughs> brought the either the first time or the second time I think the first time um, and what is supposed to happen is that the Undertaker is supposed to repeatedly choke slam Mankind into the the chain link roof it's supposed to gradually like give more and more until it's like an actually safe kind of uh, stunt to do uh-huh. and then finally he'll do it on the right spot and it'll give away, give way and he'll go through the roof of the cage to the mat <laughs> what actually happened is that it gave way on the very first one. Oh, fuck. <laughs> they were not expecting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. As he's going through the cage, mankind, the back of his head slaps against the steel chair that's sa- that's right down there. or That's, you know, right where he's supposed to land. And it kind of like briefly, it briefly knocks him out because he, he, the way he talks about it is like, because he was such a shitty athlete, it saved his life. <laughs> Because he's like, if I was able to actually jump up high enough to take the choke slam correctly, I would have over-rotated and landed on my head in the middle of the, on the ring and died. Instead, he only was barely able to jump up after having been <laughs> thrown off the cage. So he yeah, barely Jesus jumped Christ. up and then he would have normally under-rotated, but because he had all the
0: extra space, he landed is- on his back he previously wrestled under the name of the stopped watch which is right <laughs> every now and then for the wrong reason.
3: <laughs>
0: it's like, it's a good thing I'm a fat guy that gets punched
3: because
0: if mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> so I was in shape getting up I get hurt.
2: Just like, yep, yeah, it's oh a good thing God. I was not such a great athlete because uh, otherwise I would have died. Uh, and the Undertaker has said, when I, after that happened I'm looking down at him and I thought genuinely he is dead. <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. other option could there... How else could that have gone? Like, oh, my God, he is fucking dead. Because this is 15, 20 feet? This, this is... It would have been probably... From the top of this cell to the announce table would have been about 15. This would be less. It'd be probably like 10 this or 12. 12. probably and how 12.
0: comfortable of a height but. are you f- comfortable being chokeslammed from before? It's not a pussy thing. <laughs> uh, none. <laughs> Those no, rings I- are
2: hard. WWF rings were notoriously hard uh, because that was what they call the land of the giants because like that's where like the very biggest wrestlers were. That was their booking philosophy of like, mm. we gotta get the biggest guys. Yeah. And so they had to have extra strong rings when you have Andre the Giant versus King Kong Bundy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the mm-hmm. South, you have much smaller guys wrestling and those rings were a lot softer. And so they would go to the WWF and be like, this is like working on concrete. <laughs> And oh he, got, he fell straight down onto that, not expecting to take the bump. You know, he was, so he wasn't really even able to protect himself. It was all just complete luck. But that was where he got a tooth knocked out. And when you say tooth knocked out, it's not like how a hockey player gets a tooth knocked out. His, it, it got knocked out of his mouth, but it didn't mm. come out of the mouth. It got knocked up through the gums and came out his nose Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. because and here's he didn't he is completely dazed at this point because he he was yeah. knocked out for a while and then he he kind of comes to and he crawls over to where he sees a cameraman inside and he's what he's trying to do is he knows oh my god the bottom of my lip is cut open massively like it's it's open And so what he's going to try and do is like freak out people by pulling his tongue through his lip to look like, oh my God, my tongue comes through, but you can't see it through his beard. So it just looks like he has this weird smile, but you see a white thing in his nostril and he didn't realize it was in there, but that's when you go, oh, that's his, oh my, it's a tooth in his nose. And it didn't. It got there the hard way. It got there <laughs> as the crow flies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: so, God. so
1: I love that. Okay, so that's for the viewers at home. But everyone in the in attendance is certainly seeing this on the jumbotron, right? Yes, they had that at the time. And who is in attendance, Grant? his wife and daughter. Oh yeah, his his family's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So his little daughter sees all this and then the shots of of like his wife and daughter they're like bawling
2: about. No, 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 actually. You were thinking of a different time that he took horrible punishment and they were there. Oh? That was later actually. <laughs> that was a different time. That's not the I'm pretty the time sure that a tooth was driven up into
1: his nose no, as No, this the crow was a flies, different time you say.
0: Okay. Yes.
2: Holy <laughs> this shit. Was, okay. This was like 6 months later <laughs> the time that you're thinking.
0: <laughs> for the listeners at home, for the listeners at home who aren't watching the live stream, when when Grant's like, "No, there's another crazy story that you can mine for free out of me." Ben was Ben's topic eyes just lit up like <laughs> he, he blinked in his text every eyes just said free topic like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
1: I didn't think I'd get there and then I just hit another power boost and I was like, "Yes,
2: we're skating." So anyway, the match continues because mm-hmm. the show must go on, pal. So mm-hmm. the Undertaker wants to get this fucking over with. He wants cuz he's silver like,
1: enough to go, "Okay, you got to yeah. get medical attention." To yeah, ASAP. he's like, "Well, we
2: need to get you to a doctor. You can't yes. do any. We just need to end this." Yeah. Mick Foley does not want he wants to he wants to do all the things that he planned even though he's dazed and he to this day has no memory of any of this match. Yeah. He only yeah. knows this stuff from having watched it back. He does not have a memory of oh the match. Oh, my God. Um,
0: I wonder why.
2: Yeah. sorry hard to say. The thing uh, that, he, that he felt he needed to get to uh, was the thumbtacks, which was a common thing in Japanese like extreme underground wrestling, but this was actually, I'm pretty sure, the very first certainly televised use of thumbtacks in North America. And what it is... And you know, and rest. It's all it's all a show. You know, there's they have special stuff, and so he, what it actually is is a bag full of thumbtacks.
3: That's it. <laughs> it's a bag full of thumbtacks, yep.
2: like yep. the the little metal ones, like with the, like the rounded and not like yep. the plastic hand. It's just a bag of like a thousand of those. He dumps it out on the mat, and if you've ever seen pro wrestling before you know that every pro wrestler is hoisted by their own petard. They have never met it, their own petard that would not hoist them. And so, of course, mankind dumps them out to use them on The Undertaker, but The Undertaker yeah. reverses it and slams them down onto the... Jesus. Yeah. I think twice. And then finally pins him, mercifully. And so, they go backstage. Uh, Mick is still completely dazed. And they're both getting uh, medical attention. They're they're both sitting there, and the doctors <laughs> the undertaker,
1: are. Undertaker, it's more a psychiatric. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah, I They didn't want to do that. They're like, we, I know, I know. We got a lot to talk about."
2: But he's looking around, and he says to the undertaker, "Did I use the thumbtacks?" And the undertaker's like, "Look at your arm, Mick. And his arm is full of like they're all stuck into his arm, and he didn't even." <laughs> Jesus yeah. I've said where's my glasses so I can relate uh, so, <laughs> someone else uh, I've also heard tell a story of him being like backstage immediately as he's coming through the the curtain and he, he asked him did I use thumbtacks and they're like yes they are inside of you right now and then of course he forgot like five minutes later and then had to ask the same question
1: <laughs> well, he might have had a concussion
2: uh, he might have Oh, uh, my God. The absolute most insane thing, though, is that this was the second last match. The last match, Steve Austin versus Kane in the how do you follow that match? hmm And who comes out to interfere during the match but Mankind.
1: What? They let <laughs> what? him come back.
2: <laughs> he came back out to interfere and hit and then also be like hit himself. again. It's just... Just... Yeah,
0: I love that they're like, "Let's get him some medical attention because he's on in five because it's gotta go." <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yes. If he wants to do it. I mean, I ain't gonna stop him. Oh my god!
2: That was they nowadays. They would not ever, ever, ever let you do that. Yeah, but back then it was the mentality of like, well, we we don't really want you to, but like, well, it's it's your choice. Like, right? Well, yeah, like a football player saying, "No, I'm good. I'm good. Let me go." Mm-hmm. Even, Like even though today smoking a cigar and killing, If
1: he wants to go out there and kill himself. (laughs) um, I mean, (laughs) the gate was pretty good tonight, anyway. So yeah,
2: yes, Hell in a Cell, nineteen, or that was the Hell in a Cell match at King of the Ring, nineteen ninety
1: eight. Wow, I think that was a good second installment. Yeah. Well, I hate to say it
3: because it just means Ben has another episode of mining these stories, but that was super fun and there's more questions and stories to be told, but uh, we should probably wrap it there. So little Cap'n Travis, if you have any wrestling related questions for Grant for our next re- for Ben's next re- <laughs> grant episode, uh, email us at
1: freeleggaladvicepodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to see me powerbomb Corey into thumbtacks, subscribe <laughs> to our Instagram account. We are Free Legal Advice Podcast. If we get five more, he's going to the thumbtacks. And like Grant always
3: says, if you follow us uh, on Twitter at Free Legal Pod, you can find out who actually killed Jesus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not who you think. <laughs> it's not who you think. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and if you like the show, join us for our thumbtack-laden episode for the Doom in the Room podcast,
3: in which mankind's
0: is going to fall through and uh, he's going to lose a tooth uh, live on air. <laughs> the Doom in the Room. Classic. Classic.
2: Classic.
0: Classic. A classic
2: bit. Episode 99.
1: Is there a single Mambo song that doesn't have the word Mambo in it? Seems to be pretty... <laughs> well, uh, Mambo Italian...
3: Nope, nope.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, Mambo
0: number five. Shit.
1: <laughs> Take that, oh. Mambo. Fucking got your ass.
0: <laughs> Turns out both Mambos have it in their title.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. There's it. Hey, it supposes the existence of at least five Mambos on the Mambo periodic table. <laughs> you can tell. M- Mambo's one through four were complete failures. They were never released. No, that like the periodic
2: table
3: that we
0: just we know they're theoretical. I discovered
3: Scientists them yet, will right. will later discover. You Mambo can
0: one synthesize two four. some of them in the studio, <laughs> but only for a second or two. Lou Beggett
2: Begget Junior will uh, will eventually get Mambo number four to appear for like one billionth of a nanosecond. <laughs> You'll yes, exactly. hear like. Uh, he'll hear, like, the first letter of the name that it's a little bit like. <laughs> yeah. And then he'll uh, get a Grammy. Maybe, uh... Yeah. Well, we know it starts with L. A little yeah. bit, a li- okay. And then it cuts we'll off. We'll never know her name, yes. sadly. Mm-hmm.
0: But then he'll get, the, uh, he'll get the Grammy for applied physics.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> he'll get the, he'll get...
1: There's a little bit of lag, Corey. I think it's the internet. Not that it took me a while to get the joke.
0: Turn internet over.